Ride Detroit Weekly is brought to you by Wingman Water, the original drinking water. Drinking sparkling water out of an old school long neck bottle just feels right. Gives you that little bit of confidence to socialize with the rest of the crowd without needing the alcohol to fit in. Party on with confidence and no hangover at caterwingman.com. That's cater, K-A-T-E-R, wingman.com. Loomis Helmet, the world's first smart bicycle helmet with integrated headlight, brake light, and turn signals. Whether you're traveling by bike, scooter, or board, Loomis Helmets will make sure you're seen and safe along the way. Check out what they're doing now at Kickstarter or loomishelmet.co. That's loomis, L-U-M-O-S, helmet.co. Griffin Claw Brewing Company. Michigan brewed world-class beers with tradition and innovative technology, including the award-winning Raggedy Ass IPA. Visit a tap room in Birmingham and Rochester Hills, Michigan, or on the web at griffinclawbrewingcompany.com. That's griffinclawbrewingcompany.com. Tapped Beverages. Serving up small batch non-alcoholic craft beverages and food since 2018. They also do wholesale keg deliveries for restaurants, hotels, your house, and more. Step up your hospitality with nitro cold brew coffee on tap to share at your home or business. Order and find out more at tappedbeverages.com. That's tapped, T-A-P-P-E-D, beverages.com. American Cycle and Fitness, Michigan's largest bicycle retailer with a focus on excellent customer service. Trek certified mechanics are some of the best and guaranteed to keep you rolling. In addition to seven bike shops in the Metro Detroit area, located in Midtown Detroit is Electric Avenue Bikes. The e-bike exclusive store with a focus on getting more people on bikes due to the comfort of an e-bike assisting you along the way. Also, the home of Ride Detroit walking and e-bike tours and the Ride Detroit Weekly Podcast. Browse, shop, and learn more at AmericanCycleAndFitness.com. That's AmericanCycleAndFitness.com. Wow. <laughs> the mission here is that we're trying to get more people yeah. on Are we live right now? Once again, I'm going to bring in Steve Mers. He is with American Cycle and Fitness. Steve, what is up, my brother? What's up, everybody? Thanks for having me on, Jason. Man, let's just get into this because just in the brief conversation that we had, we could talk easily for hours about this. But the background on this is when I started working at American Cycling Fitness in Royal Oak, I had no idea what a fit or what a size was. I knew that the bike needed to be your size, per se, but I didn't know anything about that. And once I found out what Precision Fit was, I felt like everybody needed to know what it is. Steve, can you explain what exactly Precision Fit is? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, uh, what we do at, at GP and in American Cycling Fitness um, we, we provide bike fit services. And so a bike fit in a nutshell is finding the, syn finding the synergy between your, your contact points, your bike, your bike seat, your pedals, your, your handlebars, and how it works for you. So everybody's a, everybody's a snowflake, as we say. Everybody's different. Um, and, and everybody's got an injury history as well. So we take those things into account. We go through an a, um, interview process, we go through a, a physical assessment, and then we do some analysis using some, some equipment that gives us some objective data. So pressure, power, movement, and then we can actually make changes to your equipment and to your position on your bike until we can kind of determine that we've moved into a better place. And what does that mean, a better place? You know, a better place for some people is just straight up being more comfortable. 
Uh, other people, it's about uh, maybe performing better for that goal or that race or that event. Um, and for a few people, it's about um, nothing other than the wind through their hair. Uh, but it doesn't, as long as, as long as everybody understands that it's a, a unique process tailored to you, that's ultimately what bike fitting is. And what I was surprised to learn is, so when I was first hearing about it, I thought, and, and, and I'm sure most people hearing all those technical terms, you think that it's only for people that are riding their bikes uh, on a hardcore level. But this is really for everybody because the, what I've also learned is the slightest adjustment can really alter your overall bike experience. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you a really good example. Uh, Pamela McLean uh, came in with her Verve Plus, super stoked, loved the bike, um, but she was kind of doing a press up off the front of the bike and it really came down to saddle tilt, right? You change the saddle tilt, she felt like she was in the pocket of the saddle. And then she like, what's next? And so we the things like shoes, footbeds, how her with the pedals um, and that becomes you know kind of an addicting thing for folks you know the more the more biotic their relationship with their bike can get the more energized they get to ride their bike now she is she's a perfect example because she got her bike and it's funny because uh and she'll love seeing this she said she hadn't ridden a bike in 30 years okay so she hadn't ridden a bike in 30 years she came here and she got an e-bike. So that was the first entry, level of entry because that took away her fears of not being able to ride or keep up because we talked about pedal assist and all that. She, the next day after she bought her bike, I literally got a message from her that showed her riding 20 miles on her bike. And for the next week after that, I got messages every day. Then she was bringing people in to talk about how she was changing her life. And it was about the experience. And that's, and even me, I'm, a, I'm not, I hate to use the, the phrase seasoned. I'm not seasoned, I'm no professional, but I've been riding a bike for a long time. But until that point, I had been riding with pain in my wrists and I associated that with biking. I thought if I'm riding hard and I'm riding long, that this should happen, but that's not the case. No, yeah, it turns out you don't have to be in pain. You know, and there was a lot of misinformation out there, too. Um, a lot of us, you know, we'll, we'll read an article or we hear a, hear a podcast or what have you, and, and they talk about the average, and we're, we're all like, yeah, yeah, that's me. I'm the average, you know, but <laughs> the fact of the matter is that nobody really is average. Everybody's unique. Everybody's got something special that needs to, and, and yeah, I mean, if you don't, if you don't have somebody variables, uh, self-medicating can be a really slippery slope. Um, everything's connected, you know. So your your hand, for example, your hand pain, your wrist pain, really comes down to how well supported the pelvis was and where your center of gravity was in the space. You know, if you can't manage where your center of gravity is, your contact points are naturally going to suffer. All of your contact points share a job, or they 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 share a purpose, and they all have a job to do. And if if one of them, if one of those contact points can't do a job, pressure that force has to go somewhere else your hands your feet etc so what are you know for those who, who are out there listening or watching right now we're talking about numbness in the wrist are there are there some other signs that might occur that let me know that i might need to look into a fit yeah yeah one of, one of my favorite like 
I don't know, I wouldn't call it like a detective trick or what have you, but I'll take I'll take people's footbeds out of their shoes and just look at the way their foot is interacting with the footbed. And um, you'll actually be able to see when you when you pull someone's footbed out, you'll actually be able to see their toes indenting the front of the footbed. And if that's the case, they're actually kind of gripping on with their toes in order to try and activate the pedal stroke as opposed to loading through the first metatarsal, which is kind of where you should be loading, the big bone in the foot. Um, you know, that's one of my favorite things, like to kind of to ask, like, how are you feeling on the bike? Oh, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, it shifts just fine. That's not what I'm talking about. Like, how are you integrating the bike? How are your contact points? Well, let's take a look. And then you can start looking at how the, how the foam is breaking down at the saddle asymmetrically how they're clawing inside their, their footbeds, you know, and those are the little types of things that people will kind of hide from themselves. You know, the body's super good at lying to itself, you know, so you, as a fitter, you have to be able to, to dig up all this information, even though someone forthcoming with what they're feeling on the bike, cause they, they want it. They don't want to talk shit about their bike, right? They don't want to, they don't want to, they don't want to narc on their <laughs> experience, you know? So, as a bike fitter, you've got to do that for them. You've got to be the the objective voice in the in the process and and be like, have you ever felt like uh, you're constantly pushing back in the saddle? Because I can see that you're smashing one side of the seat. And now that you mention it, yeah, I kind of feel like I'm constantly forcing myself in the seat. No worries, I can take care of you. You don't have to you don't have to talk anymore. Smack about your bike. You know, I'm gonna make sure that you guys find a new you know rekindle that love. You know, and bodies change. I, I, all of my clients that that fit is a, it's a haircut. It's not a surgery. Right. Um, body changes as your purposes change. Shoot, I mean, women, God bless them. Uh, going through a pregnancy, you know, you come out the other end of that. You're far from where you used to be, and and so you know, having having somebody to having somebody to take care of you after an experience like that is worth you know, having a good fitter around. I used to have a triathlete client who said, her, he said, she said her, her two favorite medical professionals were her bike fitter and her OBGYN. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were in good company, brother. <laughs> I think I got the better end of that deal. Right. <laughs> So, yeah, that brings up a whole, you know, part of this that, once again, I'm learning as, you know, as, as much as I know. But we talked earlier about the physical therapy aspect of it. it. It isn't just about me necessarily having a great ride on my bike, but sometimes there are physical attributes that come into play that can be addressed through the precision fit process. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's unfortunate, you know, we we would hope to think that just by riding the bike more, uh, we'll get, we'll enjoy our bike more. And it, unfortunately, you know, riding a bike, walking, running, swimming, um, you know, anything that we like to do, we, we become very good at it, but it also eliminates a lot of the other muscles and stabilizer muscles that we're supposed to be using on a regular basis. You know, we've, we've evolved to actually kind of jettison a lot of movement that we don't do on a regular basis. Sitting's a perfect example of, of something that has actually changed the way we move and changed the way we live. And unfortunately, it, 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 it ultimately hurts us when we 
lose track of those stabilizer muscles. Uh, PTs, PTs will say, don't fire a cannon from a canoe. You see those big quads on cyclists and they get real good at using primary movers, but they might be really bad at stabilizing them. And that's where personal trainers and, and PTs, physical therapists come into play because they can help you start to train those stabilizer muscles so that you can do the things that you love to do without any pain or biomechanic deviation. You know, that's we're, we're on the bike. We're trying to be as mechanical as possible, you know, trying to trying to mitigate a lot of the, the movements that uh, aren't producing forward momentum. And so we we do a lot of these awkward, you know, sideline leg lifts and monster walks and band walks these oddball exercises but if you do them enough you start to find out that you you know you're walking better you're standing taller you're you're able to sit through a a a long zoom meeting without slouching you know and that that's that's important for the longevity of your health especially living here in michigan you got a slip and fall and you got no muscle padding your hip cyclists are notorious for cracking a hip because they don't do the other exercises to protect themselves muscle is ultimately armor Right, 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 man. So if I, you know, for the the person who has no idea what type of bike they want, we deal with this all the time. People come in and they say, I'm looking for a new bike. You know, how do you steer somebody into the type of bike that they might, they might not even know they want? You know, a lot of people come in, they say, I want a Marlin or I want this. And you say, well, what do you, you know, what are you riding? How do you help a person determine what is the proper fit for them as far as a bike? Yeah, we've, we've adopted, American Cycle and Fitness is, is usually at the forefront of adopting really good, um, just really good customer relations. And so what we developed was a guide process. And the guide process that we use is ask three, three questions that can help you start to put the customer in the driver's seat. Because, you know, you get a lot of customers come in and they, they probably want you to tell them what they want, but we kind of flip it on its ear and we start to get them to think about you know, where do they live? Where do, what do they, how do they want to explore their world, What's their goals? Um, what have they, what have they done in the past that they really enjoyed uh, activity wise, or maybe they just, you know, like to, like to pub crawl, but you know, those asking questions is, is how we get people to the right bike. Uh, we've also done a really nice job of kind of shrinking the amount of choices so that it it produces less noise when going through the shopping experience. So I think being a good guide, asking questions, being a good listener, and then narrowing their focus by not having as much noise really helps get people to the right bike. Right, right. Yeah, I, I'm, I had to ask because, like I said, we get those people where they come in all the time and they say, this is what I want. I want it like this. And then when you send them out on a test ride, they start saying, well, this doesn't feel right. This, and, I, and I say, and I have to say to them, well, is this necessarily the bike that you want right now? It seems like it might seem like it's what you want, but for the type of riding that you're doing, we should probably look into some other options. Or modifications. Um, we, we have to be brave enough as sales guides to, to straight up tell folks, look, you know, you're carrying some extra weight. We might want to think about a taller front end. We might want to think about a shorter crank. And this is all because I want you to have the best experience possible, not because I'm trying to 
poke fun or mm-hmm. or out. I just I'm just looking out for you, you know. So get getting on getting on the the team, you know. I want I want to be part of this solution. I want to live vicariously through you, you know. And then once that happens, you know, the, the trust happens and the buy-in the buy-in happens and ultimately the sale happens. Yeah. So. How's it been? Let's talk about how's it has been during the pandemic, because usually, we, you know, we have a model where it's you come in, you ride the bike and we'll spend as much time with you as you, you want and all that. How's that really changed during the pandemic for you guys? Yeah, I, I think we got because we learned, you know, I think uh, our culture actually got really dialed in with the guide process and hospitality and in really wanting to to focus our or narrow our focus with our product because we had done those things before the pandemic doing them virtually virtually was not that far off from what we were doing in person luckily technology was ready for us too right i mean i couldn't imagine doing this without zoom and without some of the websites we have and the apps that we have now you know, I was, I was actually giving people fit advice just by having them send me a video, you know? So we were doing things differently, maybe not the way we wanted to do it because, um, you know, I don't even know why we really wanted to be in person. I mean, I, I like personal contact. I do still think nowadays we have, uh, the ability to stay safe and, and do things, uh, uh, still meaningful and still have a lot of good exchange virtually and safely. So, I think once people realize, okay, I just got to get on board with the new platform that things are happening. So for us, uh, we, we kind of champion personal shopping, asking a bunch of questions, putting a bunch of like best, best product into a shopping cart for them. And then letting them kind of like weed out what they weren't necessarily interested in was a really great way for people to have something started for them. You know, nowadays we, we use the customization station in the, in the bikes, in the, in the bike shop. Right. And so we, we create like, this is your perfect scenario with all of your accessories. We could still do that virtually and with the personal shopper process. And I think a lot of people will still prefer that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there have been some challenges to say the least, you know, when going and when we started this, uh, what have some of the challenges been for you guys during the pandemic? I mean, we went through a bike shortage, so that was a big deal. Uh, what have there been a lot of challenges for you guys? You know, interestingly enough, people bought whatever we had. I mean, we saw a huge boom bikes because that's what we had. I mean, people had already, you know, they, it was kind of like this. Okay, I went into I went into a big box store, Target, Walmart, and they got nothing. Okay. So at this point, I'm already okay with the fact that I'm not going to find anything for under, you know, 600 bucks. So they got there and then they got into the bike shop and they were like, geez, you guys don't have anything for under 600 bucks. What do you have? We got got e-bikes starting at 1500. Have you ever ridden one? Nope. Well, now's the time they ride one. And I mean, that was, you know, after you ride an e-bike, you know, you, you, well, I, this is more than just a bicycle. This is something that I'm going to enjoy a lot, you know, during these times where the only thing that's open is the outdoors. So we were kind of, we were, I, I think the, the bike industry was really poised uh, to make a big impact. Hopefully it'll change the culture around here, the car culture around here, where you'll see more families and people on bikes and, and maybe uh, the city will have to change the infrastructure as well. 
probably the largest setback was when we started running out of product. You know, there's usually a model year switch over in the summer, which is terrible for Michigan. I don't know. It happens around that time, but it does and did. And we were out of product like come May, I think it was, we were out of product. So now we've been slowly building that up and people that walk in that can actually get something off the rack have been blown away because they have already made it up in their head that they're going to have to get on a waiting list. Right. And for the most, for the most part, I think most people still have to get on a waiting list. I'm, I'm sure the same is for you. Um, Turn and, and Trek and Electra are some big names uh, that, that are really struggling to get parts for their bikes. I think they got bikes made that they just can't ship it because they don't have parts. Yeah, it's uh, it's a crazy time. We we touched on e-bikes right now. Um, we are obviously at Electric Avenue Bikes. We're an all e-bike uh, store, so that's you know you come here, that's what you get. How's it been? You know, have people been really picking up on e-bikes over there? Have people been really buying into it? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. And someone asked me, you know, like what demographic? And it's really been across the board. I mean, a very strong baby boomer and you know um elder millennial family type mix going on in gp and they've all really embraced it because ultimately they just want to have fun you know you're always going to have your diehards and and god knows the bike industry was was honestly suffering really bad when all you had as far as your pieces of the pie your, your diehard your commuters your competitive style cyclists and e-bikes have really opened up the door for folks that were straight up saying, well, I don't ride my bike enough because it's just too hard. Yep. Uh, that's been, that's been the largest segment to come to the table is people that just, I just want to explore. I just want to have fun and, and nothing does that better than an e-bike. Yeah. I, I, I am one, you know, I, I joke that I probably haven't ridden what we call an acoustic bike in probably two years and that's on me but we try to explain to people that it's not a bike replacer it's more of a transportation replacement it's just another thing to add on you know has it been difficult trying to get people to buy into that i mean yeah people come in and they want to buy them but is it harder to convert a, a, a traditional bicyclist to any bike um not, you don't you don't convert anybody they just they just add it to the yep. mix. You know, it's, it's always, it's always the number of bikes plus one, you know, yep. uh, or divorce minus one, you know, um, for some people, but you're really just adding to the mix. You know, we've all been kind of addicted to, to having multiple bikes that have multiple, you know, different personalities for different parts of the day. You know I mean? When you started riding an e-bike, I'm sure you were getting a lot of shit from your boys that were like, how's your, <laughs> yeah, I still do. I still do. <laughs> You know, and that, and that's, you know, that, that, that's going to fade out. You know, everybody's going to try an e-bike eventually. Yeah, I want, I want one of these in the mix, you know? Yeah, no, I, I tell people all the time, once you get on one, you're not going to, it's going to be very hard to get off. Um, and I, I try to explain it to people. You can ride an e-bike without the motor on. A lot of people, I say that it gives you the option and it's nice to have options, you know, so you know, what I tell a lot of what I tell a lot of my diehards is it actually makes the bike feel more sensitive at the pedals. Um, I've actually noticed for a lot of us, you know, a lot of the a lot of the cyclists that were riding for suffering, you know, they were they were riding for exercise or they were riding for suffering. You know, they ride an e-bike bike long enough and you get that 
you get the feedback from the pedals that you might not normally get from a regular bike because you're only concentrating on the lactic acid in your muscles or the burning in your lungs. The bike kind of takes that away so that you can really just focus on the movement of the body. You go into a PT clinic and you'll see um, all sorts of folks doing, doing movements with very little resistance that look like what, what exactly are you doing that for? But it's really training the motor units to move the joints appropriately in a full range of motion. And I, I feel like the e-bike actually has a lot of potential for rehabilitation purposes, as well as becoming more in tune with the bicycle itself. That's, that's awesome. Well, that's exactly what I needed. I say it all the time, but I feel like people need to hear from somebody else because they think I'm crazy. But thank you for being the voice of reason on that, because really it is about com being comfortable getting back on the bike and riding the bike and enjoying yourself is part of the process. It's not about the suffer all the time. People think it's about get on your bike, sweat, lots of miles, pain, but it's about confidence and a lot of other things that the e-bike can provide. Yeah. And I, I think ultimately that, you know, the, the sufferers, they, they don't talk about, we don't talk about the psychology of movement a whole lot and what it does to the endorphins and the hormones and the, the happiness that it produces. Um, but it's, but it's apparent. I mean, even, even when we used to go to team camps and we would, you know, we would collect some data and we, we would see some, just some horrible pressure spot at somebody's seat right where it's not supposed to be and we would say you know do you notice that you've got millibars of peak pressure right in the, the perennial area you know the, the gooch and they're like yeah well I, I pee a little blood every now and then <laughs> and you still want to do this you still right. want to do this thing you pee a little blood and you still want to do this so it's it's the psychology of it. it's like whether it's suffering or just having fun, you know, you're getting something mentally from the ride. Do you have a story? Like everybody's got a story. I, I, one of my stories is I was uh, at, at a boat show uh, showing our bikes, showing our e-bikes. And a 70 year old guy came up to the booth and he looked at me and he said, oh, I've got a, a I think he, I can't remember which e-bike it was, but it was like a higher end uh, e-bike mountain bike and I, I looked at the guy and I said you're 70 years old I gotta ask man like you're riding a mountain bike and why would you buy a, a mountain bike e-bike and he goes so I could live he said I hadn't ridden a bike in 20 years and now I get on my bike and I can keep up with people half my age uh, and, I, and my confidence levels back and that's one of the stories I tell to get people to understand that it does more than just the physical do you have any stories of you know people that just came to you and said look man what you did for me in this bike just changed my life. Yeah. 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 I think I, I definitely have a few stories like that. Um, you know, geez, I don't even know where to begin. We've had, we've had people that uh, wanted to, to raise money for a special cause. Um, and they were able to do that because of something that we put together to them for them. And they were able to, raise X amount of dollars and, and contribute, you know, to something that they've always wanted to contribute to. Uh, I've had uh, athletes that, you know, this is my last time riding across the country. Uh, a guy named Bob, Bob Louts, 
out in Arizona, you know, to get him over the finish line. Jeez, we had, man, we had a, we had a guy raise, we had a, a physical therapist with multiple sclerosis. Uh, we worked with him in the PT clinic and uh, he rode, he rode clear across the country. Uh, and to be part of that was special. I mean, I've had multiple special, special uh, uh, encounters with people that have taken on such big undertakings for good causes that uh, I feel like I've done more by getting butts on seats than I could have as a doctor. You know, I'm sure doctors kind of have that feeling where they, they, how many babies have I, del you know, how many how many lives have I brought into the world? Well, I kind of feel the same way. How many butts have I put in seats or had them, you know, uh, accomplish something monumentous to their existence? Uh, countless, countless good things have come from two wheels. No, absolutely. Ab absolutely. Like, like I said, that's why I asked. I know you're, you're, you're saying that you have so many stories and there's so many that fall through the cracks. You know, like I tell that story about that guy because it's huge. But then I, I could tell you the story. Of, we have a guy named Rico that comes in. Rico, Rico came in every other day to get his bike fixed. Every other day. So finally, we got him a donation bike, and we gave him a new bike. And now we see him riding up and down Woodward all the time, and it's insane. So we have stories on the high end and the low end of uh, amazingness, man. But before I let you go, so you're doing, you know, right now, everybody's pivoting and trying to figure out new things to do. You're doing an online uh, thing on Instagram, right? You're uh, every now and then. There is there a special day that you do it on that you do a like a live uh, sort of fit so people can get not a fit but a size, right? Because there is a difference between a fit and a size. Yeah, so sizing really just has to do with making sure that the existing parts and pieces of the bike are in a relatively safe place. So uh, handlebar height, saddle height, saddle tilt, done. Uh, making sure the geometry of the bike is correct, obviously. That, that's, a, that's a sizing. Uh, a fit is actually tailoring the bike to them. So choosing the right shape seat, choosing the right seat post, choosing the right crank length based on their range of motion, choosing the right cleat placement, the right footbed inside their shoe. Uh, or it could just be making sure that they're in a safe shoe so that they're pronating yeah, blah 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 it, it, it becomes it's more in the nuances right it, it, your every detail from the foot to the hands you're making sure that they're in a place that they're feeling symbiotic with their bike that's that's what bike fit is so like uh so like i said uh i just asked him a question i forgot that quick you're so good that you answer all the questions before i even whoa hey we got another guest what is, what is she riding right now? Is she a rider? Is she yeah, it's funny. Uh, she actually got donated a little Pixie 2, a little Schwinn Pixie 2 from uh, some friends of the family. And so she's riding a boat anchor of a bike, but the bearings feel so amazing that I can't. I can't. <laughs> a, a piece of big iron. Um, she loves the little Pixie 2. Her brother's got a new, a new track that is half the weight, but she's going to be better for it. So do you, do you fit, do you make sure they're sized up right on their bikes? You know, are you like, did you put them on the precision fit? Do they make a kid's precision fit? 
No, but you know, I, I, I'm constantly working with parents to help them understand that it's not the seat that's uncomfortable. You just got to raise it. You know, the, the, the kids are, are riding so low in their seats that their knees and their hips are so squinched up at the top that their butts are digging into the back of the seat. So, I mean, I, I watch from my kitchen window as these families go by and, you know, I can't help but want to try and help by maybe raising a seat or two. <laughs> right, right. I know I'm that guy like everywhere I go. I'm just always talking about bikes or if somebody locks their bike up wrong, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. So yeah, I know exactly what you're saying, man. Uh, how do we get it, you know, how do we get into the shop, man? How do we get in to get fit? Or can we come in and talk to you about a size first? Should we start there and maybe work our way up? Um, how do we, you know, where do we start? Yeah, I think just coming into the shop and having a conversation. I mean, the, the, the fit studio at this point has permeated out into every corner of our shop. So, man, if you, if you want to come in and just talk to any of our employees, Adam Baker, Dane Wild, Michelle Hayes, um, Bruno Blumhoff, Cooper Andersma, you know, these guys are, are, have, have learned so much just from hanging out around the fit studio that you, you can't help but get the fit vibe when you come into ACFGP. Um, so just come on in and have like a, have a sit down with us, you know, when, that, when, when we can do that type of thing, you know, yeah, without masks and with a beer. Um, but uh, you'll, you'll get good information when you come into the shop. And then after you get that good information, you know, we can talk about what a, what a true fit can do for you. Mm -hmm. So please come on in. You can watch us on Instagram at ACFGP. We do uh, live, live feeds on uh, while we Zwift, we talk about different, different equipment. We talk about different fit uh, parameters uh, and that's on Thursdays and Fridays at 3 PM. Nice. I mean, how you guys, I mean, right now, you touched on Zwift and just for a second, but how, I mean, trainers are the thing right now. Everybody, I mean, we can't keep them in the, in the stock. Everybody's getting a trainer right now. Is that, is that, you know, something that you see as a trend? Is, is Zwift really pushing trainers now or is it just the pandemic? What's pushing trainers? Yeah, well, I definitely, I, I think, I think people got, you know, people were super busy to the point where um, they weren't making time for themselves. And now you got people working from home that want to make time for themselves from a fitness standpoint or riding a bike standpoint. And you can't, I mean, you just can't get any better than, I, I remember the days of training on rollers and, and, you know, uh, acoustic trainers, as we call them. And that was just mind-numbing. Now you have virtual worlds and you have meetup groups and yeah, Peloton, if you look at what they're doing, uh, and it's, yeah, I mean, the, the platform of a community is in, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it, being isolated from each other, not being able to ride with each other, but being able to do it virtually, yeah, that's that's where we're at right now. And uh, all that equipment that we sell is, you know, is necessary because we still want to be a community. You know, we still want to get together with our friends. We still want to ride with people, meet new people, and that's how we do it is virtually right now. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, uh, are you going out today, man? It's beautiful outside. I'm itching. Uh, have you seen it? It's crazy. I got to get out in the sun. Yep. Let's do it. Um, I'm going to wake up my boy. We're going to go for a walk or a ride. We already, we already did one today. I mean, it's usually a, a two a day thing for us. Uh, my wife actually has got her new, uh, Trek Boone with a one by 11 drive train on it. She's got some really nice Aeolus wheels. She's going to be going for a ride. She's starting to train for an, a, uh, 
a triathlon at Kensington in the springtime. So we all got uh, we all got bikes to ride here. Absolutely. Steve, man, thank you for coming on, dude. Like I said, I've been trying to talk about this because I really do feel strongly about this. I'm not just saying this to get people in to do get precision fit. I've seen the results of getting a size and a fit, and I've seen the results of people's lives getting changed, man. And I, I can't thank you enough. Uh, is there anything you want to say before I let you go? Oh, man, I think what you're doing at EAB is uh, what we should all be doing. That's that's creating community uh, outreach, getting in touch with people, making sure that we're remembering that uh, getting together with people and, and enjoying our city and our community is of the utmost importance. So thank you so much for everything that you're doing at Electric Avenue Bikes and Ride Detroit, and thanks for having me on. Oh, Steve, man, stop it, brother. I just, I, I want to be you someday, man. I, I just want to be that cool, dude. I'm going to come by, GP. We're going to talk about, because we're before the show, we were talking about a ride that we're going to do. We're going to put something together with Gross Point so we can get out together and ride these bikes. It doesn't make any sense. You guys are right down the street. So we need to be hang, spending more time and hanging out. So we'll be out there, brother. Bringing people together. That's what we do. All right, my man. I'll see you soon. Thanks for having me on, Jason. Talk to All you right. soon. Talk to you, brother.